spring, a, a mud floor, a mud, a lot of mud stuff. There was a lot of mud stuff. I mean, a lot of mud stuff. You know, Paul, Paul made a, a, a statement uh, in, in Timothy 2, not this statement, but another statement. He said this, and he, it was a fascinating statement when he said, uh, talking to Timothy about who Paul was, about, about himself, talking about himself. And he said something. He said this is, is worthy of all acceptance. All acceptance. That Christ came to save sinners. Who I am the... Uh, anybody else can say that here? Anybody else? I'm the chiefest. I'm taking his place. Uh, number one sinner. You know, it, it, is, it is amazing uh, when you think about uh, things that, uh, that happen and how people get saved and and uh, the outcome of their lives. And we may get through all this, we may not, but I'm going to kind of change some things up a little bit because I, because I can. Yeah. Well, one time there was this, uh, this guy, and he was a Pharisee, and that's in Lucas 7. And uh, this Pharisee came, and, uh, and he said, Oh, my goodness, you see, I'm a very educated man. I'm a very smart man. I've, I've been educated. I know all the words uh, in, in the Torah. I know all the things that every good Pharisee should know. I know it all. I got it all going on. And we talk in the class today that education doesn't equal salvation. It don't. I have preached, and me and Tim did a, there was 400 pastors in there. And uh, we had three pastors at a, at a, in Karatu, Norgora, in Africa. And three pastors decided they would like to have Jesus as their Savior. But they were pastors. One of them was a pastor of some age. So not everybody who stands in a pulpit knows Jesus. Oh, they know about him. They read all the books. They got all the information. So Paul said, I'm a chief of sinners. But there this Pharisee was, and he says, hey, listen, he said, listen, come on in. I want you to eat with me today. So Jesus went to eat with him. He did. He said, I'm going to go eat with Jesus. And he said, that's just wonderful. So Jesus walks in the door, sits at the table. The Pharisee's sitting at the table. Everybody's happy, and the food is about to be served. I like food. Yep, it was a very good time. Next thing you know, this woman comes in. Oh, now you know it's trouble. Anytime a woman comes in, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell you like that, yeah, I know, yeah, it's coming. But she wasn't just any ordinary woman. She was a special woman. I mean, she had a, she had things in her life that, that you would blush about, that you would never think that could imagine. I mean, she was pitiful. She was bad. She was rotten. She was sinful. She did every ungodly thing you could ever imagine. She was really, really pitiful. And she had no hope of anything at all in society. In fact, mostly men used her, the world used her, and people used her. That's what they did to it. You know, that's what the world will do to you. And that's what they do to people that they use them. Yeah. And she comes. And she, 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 man, or she, she, she pulls on up and she, she's got a little jar. It says alabaster jar. It does. She says that. And there she is. And Jesus is reclining at the table. And, and the Pharisee's on the other end of the table. And she's crying and crying and crying and crying. Next thing you know, she looks down. There's a puddle of water. And Jesus' feet is right in the middle of the puddle of water. Isn't that amazing? Here she came and all these other men used her and all these other things are doing and all the other stuff is going. Of course, the attitude of the Pharisees is, huh, well, look at this. My education and my wit and my thing all tells me that this guy, if he was a prophet, he would know that this woman, how bad and how awful and how, wonderful, how miserable and how pitiful she is. But he does not know, so obviously I know more than him because I know what she is. His heart was bad. His attitude was bad. Everything about him was bad, even though he was educated and was a Pharisee. Everything was bad about him when you start judging and doing stuff. And there she is crying and weeping. Next thing you know, she gets beyond that. The puddle of water is there. The feet are there. And she says, oh my goodness, I, I've done something. 
I've done something. I better get down there and dry them feet. I've got nothing to dry them with. I know what I'll do. I'll take the personal thing on my head. I'll get down to the bottom of them feet with the top of my head and I'll dry them feet. Boy, that makes me give chills me. I don't know about you, but that makes me go, oh my God, am I that way too? I want to be there. Oh, yeah. And there she is and she's drying and drying and she says, all I have is this and it's the most expensive. Let me anoint these feet, the bottom of Jesus. Let me wipe it. And then Jesus looks and there's that Pharisee with his attitude and his judgment and all the things that he thinks he knows. Isn't it amazing how men can think they know things? I've had to deal with myself in that. I'm sure that other men here have too. Yeah, that's for sure. And he says, Simon, because the Pharisee's name was Simon, he says, uh, huh. <laughs> suppose there was two guys. Suppose there's two of them. One of them owed a large sum of money. The other one a little sum of money. But the master said, I forgive you. I forgive you. Which would love more? And Simon says, well, I suppose. He uses the word suppose. He does. Yeah. I suppose the one who gave the most. And then Jesus said something amazing. He says, something, he says you judge rightly. So when you think you don't have much sin in your life, and you think you're just a little sin, you got saved a little bit, you're judging wrongly. But when you know you judge, you're the chief sinner, you're judging rightly. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, that's why I read that. Yeah. And so there it is. This chief sinner woman crying at the feet of Jesus, wiping it with her hair on her head, anointing her with the oil from her jar. And there it is. This ungodly man saying with all the education and all the where to, it had all the privileges of a Pharisee saying these things about this woman and about Jesus. See, it's not enough to talk about the sinner. You've got to talk about the man of God too. Oh, there's churches that do that. Yeah. And then he says, you judge rightly because he loves more. She says, do you see this woman? You see her? Have you got your eyes or can you see past your own arrogance? Can you see past your own ego? Can you see past of the things that you think you know? Did you see her? But he didn't see her at all, did he? Yeah. He says, you know, she came in. You didn't give me no water for my feet. She hasn't stopped crying and washing my feet with her tears. You gave me no towel. Not even a towel. You just could have gave me water and a towel. Well, something that you had available. And here she is. It went way beyond a personal thing on her body to, to dry my feet with her hair. Boy, can you just see that? Can you imagine that? Boy. And next thing you know, you know what? She came with something she had great value of, something she thought was precious, a fragrant oil and an alabaster, and she anointed my feet. And what did you do for me? I'm the chief of sinners. If you've been forgiven a lot, you'll love a lot. Huh? Isn't that amazing? And then what did he say? Daughter. I love it. When he, don't you love it when, when, when Jesus calls women daughter? That's two or three times it happened. Go read it. Mark it down, daughter. I like that. In other words, we have a relationship. Amen? Uh, we have a relationship. Daughter. Your sins are forgiven. Oh, wait a minute. It's not enough that I looked at this. I've seen all these. I've seen all that stuff. But now this guy's blasphemy saying he could forgive sins. And he said, oh, Come on, man. What's the matter with you? Huh? Go your way. Your faith has saved you. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? 
Isn't that a wonderful story? Huh? See, Christianity is more, a lot more, than just saying I'm sorry. It's a lot more than saying that I'm committed. It's a lot more than just running around doing some little silly thing, thinking that you're going to be okay. You're not. It's about surrender. It really is. She surrendered everything she had to Jesus. She surrendered her tears. She surrendered her hair. She surrendered her wealth. Uh, how about you? What's some good preaching right there? I surrender all. You know, as born-again Christians and, and people who have been surrendered to the Lord, and I mean, we've been born twice, so we're only going to die once. Those who have been, been born once are only going to be going to die twice. I don't want nothing to do with that second death. If you all know the Bible, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we, uh, uh, we, we surrender to the Lord, so we do what we can. It's like Rhoda was talking, with our time, energy, and resources to serve, especially our brothers and sisters who are hurting. It doesn't mean we get to the place where we're hurting, because the Bible's clear we don't do that. No. But, you know, if you don't have a giving heart, get your heart right. If you don't have a loving heart, if you don't have a heart where you understand that you also should be able to beat Paul in making that statement, that you are what? Amen. Chief sinners. So was I. But now I'm a saint. I know I sin a little bit. I mess up. I don't want to sin. I stay far from it. We read in the Bible. You ever mean far from it? Uh, Danny, you like that? Far from it. We get far away from it. That's me. We don't. No, I don't want to sin. I sin all I want. Adrian Rogers said that. I don't want to sin. Uh, right, Leonard? We don't want to sin. Oh, we mess up. But we stumble. But we go in the light as he is in the light. And he cleanses us. I like a good cleansing, don't you? Amen. So that we've been born again. So there's, uh, so since that, that, that happens to us, we come to a place, don't we? We come to a place. And, uh, and we should come to a place. In fact, Paul's writing to Timothy in these same things. And I want you to understand this completely, that we don't get confused about anything about uh, the Word of God. Amen. We have the Spirit of God, right? We have the Spirit of God. You've been born again. You've been given a deposit, the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about a lot, the Holy Spirit. Go to uh, John chapter 15 all the way through 17, and you'll see where, how important the Holy Spirit is. Without the Holy Spirit today, this preaching is futile. It won't do any good. Now, I've already felt the Spirit here. Now, Listen, I, I like that. Amen. I like that. Y'all like that? Huh? I surrender. I'm like, I gotta go saying that, don't I? I done got me messed up there, Bobby. Uh, yeah. But what does the Bible say? All scripture, how much? Is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, that's mature, totally equipped for every good work. Father God, we love you today. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for the spirit here. We thank you, God, that, that you are God and there is no other. That there is one God, praise God. And we can depend upon you. We can trust you. And we love you, Lord. And we give you all the glory and praise. You know, in today's society, uh, there's a lot of different books, a lot of things. I'm reading one by David Jeremiah right now. almost done with it. Uh, about the end times, uh, about uh, the resurrection. Amen. I, I, I want to be a part of that. Y'all going to be a part of that? Who's going to be a part of the resurrection? Y'all going to rise from the, I'm going to rise from the dead too. We, must, we got a lot in common. Praise God. Yeah, we're going to rise from the dead. Uh, I'm going to lay this old body down and I've already died. Uh, everybody here died once already? Uh, I died. I did too. I died. Amen. Death no longer has mastery over me. No, it does not control me at all. If I die, I die. Praise God. 
In fact, we was talking in the Sunday school class. I can't, it's in Psalms, I think. But it said, uh, treasured is the death of the saints in the eyes of God. I'm kind of paraphrasing. But isn't that amazing? God wants you to die. God wants you to die, by the way. Hey, listen, he wants you to die so you can live. Huh? He don't want you to die for no reason whatsoever. He wants you to die so you can live. You're never going to live until you die. Isn't that true? Yeah, but the word of God, is, is there it is. It is. All scripture is given by God. God said for us to die. Huh? His scripture says for us to die. Let's die. Y'all ready to die? If you're not die, get with it. If you're not dead, get with it. Die. So that you can live. That's for sure. So it's all God breathed. Everything is brought about by the Holy Spirit and by God. And so God moves upon men and, and gives them inspiration or they can write the, the scriptures. Do y'all agree with that? I believe that the word of God is absolutely uncorruptible. I said uncorruptible, not corrupt at all. It never has been corrupted. Now, I know there's a ver different versions that say different things and like this. I also know that you'll find God when you seek him with all your heart. In other words, you can read the phone book and find God because you're seeking him with all your heart. Yeah? You can read anything and find God because you're seeking him with all your heart. You know, If you're not seeking him with all your heart, and if you read the Bible all day long, you're not going to find him because you're not seeking him with all your heart. Now, you might know about him, but you won't know him. Oh, there is a difference. The know him is to love him. And the more you love him, the more you know him. The more you know him, the more you love him. And the more you love him, the more you know him. The more you know him, the more you love him. So guess what? The more you get to know him when about reading the scriptures of God, because all scriptures God breathed, and the more you get to know him, the more you love him because you want to know him because you get to love him because you know him more. See, it's a never-ending thing. There's always a growing in it. You'll never come to the place where you got it all going on. I have, I have ministered for many, many years now. I can't believe it, to be honest. I told Sue I wasn't going to get crazy with this stuff. Something happened to me. But anyway, that's okay. I don't, it, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, I, I have met PhDs, people called doctors, who don't know Jesus. But they know the Bible from one end to the other. They can quote Hebrew. They can quote Greek. They can quote the, uh, Aramaic, which a lot of the Bible is in Aramaic. They understand a lot of stuff, but they're always going on about their mental intellect and how much they know. They know a lot of stuff. They know a lot of words. And they want to take the time to explain it to you too, by the way. They really do. They want to take a long time to explain it to you. So I got a friend of mine. I love this friend dearly. He's a sweet man. Love him. And, and uh, he loves God. He works for the Lord. He's very, very uh, gifted uh, stuff. And he, and he said he went to college. And that's great. That's great. I, I actually spent a little time in college too. Y'all didn't know that, did you? You couldn't tell it. I know I did. <laughs> you can't tell that. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, but he said something. He said, he said the writings, of, all these writings of Paul's were just so pristine. And it was just right, and all the periods, you know. My wife corrects my, what do you call that, grammar? I think that's what it's called, yeah. Something like that. She puts the punctuations in the right place. And that's okay, you know. And, and, I had to, and I've had to type billions of things over my lifetime because of business. But there it was. And so, but then Peter's writings were erratic. They had a hard time translating them. Because they were what? Erratic. They were all over the place. Now let me ask you something. What does that say? It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. God gives off. So how can you say that the Holy Spirit's erratic? Does that make sense to anybody? Does that make sense to anybody at all? It's not true. But a professor said it. His name was Doctor. He had a PhD. And he decided that something was wrong, that something wasn't quite right, and I have the information you need. Isn't that great when they do that? I have the information you need because I am a PhD. Flee, flee. Let me say flee, flee. 
Not the little things that bite you. I mean, get out of there. <laughs> get out of there. Amen. So God is. What it is what's it for? It's for correction and righteousness. It's for rebuking. The word of God is, is, is working. It does things in our lives that only it can do. Right? After we've been born again and we've received the Holy Spirit as a deposit, the Holy Spirit wants to work in our life and he works through the word of God. Without the Spirit of God, coupled with the Word of God, we're in bad trouble. Huh? You'll end up being, being arrogant, mean, and doing things you shouldn't be doing, silly stuff that has nothing to do with Jesus. There's a lot of ministries out there. It's just like my sister Rhoda said. You can't do everything. You know some people are supposed to be hungry. Do you know that? Oh, well, I want to feed everybody. Well, God wants some of them hungry so they look to Him and get from His hand and not your hand. You understand? In fact, you remember that you remember the prodigal son? Anybody? I had I got one. Amen. When 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 he seen that no one would give him anything, he came to his senses. Some people you can't give anything. You know, there's some people in my family who I love dearly. I could give them a thousand dollars, they'd be dead tomorrow because of drugs. Sometimes God's way. Well, it's not always his way is the best way. I know, I know they come. Please let me borrow. Please let me have. I'll pay you back next week. If you want to believe that, you can. Uh, I, I was told an old saying, if, if you give family money, if you let them fund family money, just, just count it as, as a gift. I say, amen. <laughs> it's okay. There's no problem. It's all right. Amen. So what does, Paul, what does uh, the Bible say? In Second Peter it says this. In fact, when he went up here, he says, For we do not follow uh, cunning, device, divisive fables. In other words, we didn't. When we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitness of his majesty. We didn't follow some kind of silly little thing and tell you some kind of thing that we're going to tell you about the Lord Jesus. We're telling you things we have seen and known, right? For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Hmm. When such a voice came from him in the excellent glory, from the excellent glory. This is my son who I, who, 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 whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. See, Peter went up to this place, this erratic writing man, and he got to a place, right? And, and, and God says, Jesus says, hey, you, you, and James and John, bring your brother James, John. That's what it always usually written. Come on up here. We're going up to a mountain. We're going to the top of the mountain. You are going to be privileged. I know there's 12 of you, but three of you are going to the top of the mountain. Ah, you like that? I want to go to the top of the mountain. That's right. So he gets up there, and next thing you know, look out. Something's shining so bright you can't make it out. You don't know what's going on. It's something else, I mean. It's a bright light. It's, it's a blind. It's doing things. Look out. The next thing you know, here's old Peter. Whoa. Wow. Hey, Lord, do it right here, right now. Let's go to the mountain. Let's see the brightness of Jesus. And next thing you know, uh, hey, here comes Elijah. Here comes Moses. Now, I don't know how they recognized him because they didn't have cameras back then, did they? <laughs> but somehow they knew him. You know what? I think you're going to know holy me when you get to heaven. Never seen him before. You'll know him. Amen. Uh, there it is. Holy eyes looking at holy men. Uh, there it is. Ooh, ooh. Hey, I know what I'll do. Hey, Jesus. We need to make three tabernacles. We need to build three buildings. One for you, one for Moses, one for... We'll just sit out here in the cold. Huh? But what's one See, he's he seen a supernatural thing, and he tried to make a human response. 
No, it's a supernatural response. Then the cloud enveloped them. Oh, my goodness, here it comes. All over them. All the cloud comes all over them. Could you imagine it? And next thing you know, in, in fact, if you read in, in Luke and in Matthew, this is my son, and it says something very astoundingly. Hear him. Listen to him in some versions. In other words, God showed up in the cloud with Jesus and said, us to listen to Jesus. That's some instruction. Huh? My son, whom I love, listen to him. Listen to Jesus. And then he goes on from there. And he, he says, and so we have the prophetic word, uh, the prophecy, uh, confirmed. Yeah, verse uh, uh, 19. Which you do well if you heed as a light shining in a dark place. Boy, it is today, isn't it? Darkness all over the place. Men inventing ways of doing evil. More, more evil, more sin. You know, there are a lot of sinful things that wasn't back then there are now because men invent ways. Romans 1, 13. They invent ways. We talked about that in the Sunday school this morning or class or whatever way y'all call that thing down there. We had a good time. I did anyway. Everybody else was looking kind of, that's okay. <laughs> there it was. A light shining in a dark place. Are you the light of the world? My brother preached that last week, didn't he? Are you the light of the world? There's no other light in the world except you. You're right. If you say yes, that's it. It's a dark world, and you're the light because you have the light of Christ in you. Yeah. The light that until the day dawns and the morning stars arise in your hearts. Yeah, there's a dawning. Amen. When I go preach Jesus in another third world or even around here, do whatever, and I hope we have some evangelistic events here this year, I'm praying that God would just move and do some things that, that we could just reach out and, and, uh, and for some way. And I don't know, you know, I've tried to do it in America so many times and it's so hard because we're too busy. Uh, my sister was talking about comfort, you know, and they're very comfortable. If you're not comfortable and you don't give me what I want, put the things in my mouth I need and have the air conditioning, the heating. If you ain't got the right kind of music, if you ain't got the right kind of lighting, you ain't got the right, then I don't want to be here because I can sit on my recliner and go to hell. That's what they do. Instead of coming to church. Boy, if we just had a mud hut. Amen. We had some uncomfortable things. That, uh, yeah, but hey, that's just me. I'm probably a foolish old man. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And look what it says. Knowing first, verse 20, that no prophecy of Scripture came by any private interpretation. Private interpretation. Let me say this again. Private uh, or person that interprets something and decides it says something uh, of, upon its own. In other words, you'll get a scholar or some guy and he says, this means this. Uh, this Hebrew says it this way. The Greek says it this way. And guess what? I've read all that stuff. It makes you crazy after a while. But the truth of it is, the Holy Spirit has the only interpretation. There is no private interpretation. Now, I'm not saying you don't listen to godly educated men. You do, as long as you know they're godly. I don't care about education. I do care about education. I better quantify that. I don't care more about their education than I do about their spiritual condition. You understand what I mean? Huh? I know you can say anything, and I've had people, you know, preachers, I've had people say something. I said, Tim is a godly man, period. I would trust him with everything that I have. Is he absolutely 100% correct? No. You hear that, Tim? I love him, but no, neither am I, by the way. But we're brothers, and we work together. We love each other. Wayne mentored me. He taught me many, many things, absolutely, godly things. And some people say, what? No, no. You cannot think that you have some kind of private or you possess 
some kind of thing. Only God has that. Amen? Only he has that. Now, he leads and shows, doesn't he? I mean, there's some smart people here. I mean, you talk, if I want to talk some Hebrew stuff, I'm going to Kathy. She'll tell me. Won't you, Kathy? Amen? It's good. It's good she's smart. Absolutely. But the truth of it is, she loves God. That's why I'll listen to her. If she don't love God, I ain't listening to her. Amen? And don't listen to me if I don't love God. Kick me out. Amen. So no prophecy ever came by the will of man. No, it didn't. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved. Blown alone is like a, a, in the Greek. I ain't going to use the word. But they were, it, it's like a silk being sailed of shells up with no rudder. A ship with a sail up, that's actually the word. It's, in other words, it's just blown. Wherever God wants to take it. So, Bob, so God was blowing Peter. Add to your faith, godliness, to the godliness, brotherly love to God. So he guided, blew him along, and wrote all these things in Second Peter. And he wrote Paul, all these things. So you thought all these men were writing all this stuff. Well, they did. God used them. But God was guiding the Luke's hand. Amen. Isn't that amazing? And a lot of people think things, it's, it's the craziest thing. The book, uh, uh, the Bible, is not necessarily all written by all Jews. Y'all know that? In fact, you look at the list uh, and where Luke is not included in the Jewish line. He was probably, and most scholars say he was a Gentile. And he wrote one of the most fascinating two books in the Bible. Without the, the book of Luke, I'd probably be lost. And without the book of Acts, I wouldn't know how to act. It's called the book of Acts, by the way. <laughs> so, so, men blown alone. So should we take heed to this and surrender to God and surrender to his word and let him interpret it for us? Amen? Amen. It's missing the day. Missing the day. You know, a lot of guys write a lot of books. Y'all know that? Y'all know write a lot of books? Yeah. Have you noticed? Have you noticed something? I've noticed something. Doc, I've noticed something. You're a very intelligent man. You really are. I, I consider you a friend. I love you very much. And Doc, uh, have you noticed that all these guys that write these big books, they're pastors. They have big, giant churches. You notice that? Uh, have you noticed that? And, you know, in fact, one of them I was reading, he got him a, like a, a $17 million yacht. Uh, it must be a Holy Ghost yacht. Huh? I want to go fishing off that yacht. I wonder if he got people that could. I don't know. So there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of things in order to uh, pad them pockets. You know, it's not me being critical. They can do and I praise God that he got the money as long as he's serving the Lord Jesus with it. Huh? Yeah. Fixing soffits and gutters and brakes. Amen? Mm, yeah, yeah. And I don't speak bad about them. I don't know these guys. They never come to my house. They don't call me. No. I know one, I got, a, I got a, a, a message one day, Brother Butch. I said, yes, Habar Yako. I said, Habar Yako. Uh, and uh, so it was just, how are you in Swahili? And so they're, they're, they're African, of course. Yes, he has landed. He has landed. He landed his helicopter in Kenya. A preacher from America got a helicopter and went to Kenya. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So far, I've, I've got in a, 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 a wagon with ball tires and, and squeezed in real tight. <laughs> My wife's going, <laughs> and I don't criticize that. I believe that God does things and blesses people. But what you do with it will determine the outcome of the consequences of your reward in heaven. Let me say that again. What you do with the things God gives you mentally, physically, financially will determine the outcome of your reward when you get to where? I want a big list up there. I want some people to walk by me and say, man, look at Butch's mansion. I wish I had that one. Well, you should have got with it down here. <laughs> Not saying anything. 
Praise God. Glorify the Lord. So the Bible is clear. Anybody, everybody here know now that, the word, that this is the Word of God? Everybody know that this is not corrupted? That this was blown along by the Holy Ghost, written by the Holy Ghost, men, holy men of God writing this? So we know that, right? And we also know that if you're a Pharisee with a bad attitude, that Jesus will uh, tell you a good thing about your attitude and he'll save sinners. And you're, and did you remember that you're a chief sinner? Y'all didn't forget that, did you? You're still there, by the way. Amen? Amen. Don't ever forget that. What he's done for you. So, and then beyond all that, uh, Paul, well, the writer of Hebrews, they say they don't know who it is, but it, you kind of see Paul all over it, right? It says, therefore, in 411, uh, let us therefore be diligent to enter the rest. In other words, a rest for the people of God. Do anybody here like rest? I know it. The older you get, the more you like it. Uh, Two thirty naps. Go, go relieve here. Go eat lunch. Go home. Take a nap. I don't know why that is. I, I'm trying not to do that anymore, but I, you get a habit as old people. You know, you really do, don't you? And you don't want to, but you do it. You can't help it. But anyway, so I, I try not to avoid all that. I don't know why. But uh, so uh, uh, I like to rest. And the only, one, the only way you can rest is in Christ Jesus. You're never going to rest outside of that. Do y'all know that? You're not going to rest with your family, your wife, your house, your job, or anything until you're in Christ Jesus. You're gonna, you're, if you don't glorify God in your job, get with it. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be you know, crazy and go do stuff and say, Jesus, 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 here's a Bible, hit you in the head, all that kind of stuff. But just be who you are. Huh? Naturally who you are. When I was in, a, in the work day world, I had to do a PowerPoint. I had to write them. And I know that may astound you guys. I'd write these things. I'd put them on the wall. They'd be all this technical stuff from uh, big words. you got to say big words, doc. Psychometrics. Ooh, all it is is a study of air, which you know. Uh, thermodynamics, how energy moves through, through the air and what it does and all these things. So I, I taught all these things for years. I, I, I read books this thick on all that stuff. And, uh, so, but every time, I, after I got saved, I started putting them, my African stuff on my first thing so they'd see it, right? And sure enough, they'd say, what do you do? I said, well, I'll go over and I'll tell people about Jesus. And I said, I'll tell people, people about Jesus here too. You want to hear about Jesus? And so they said, well, you're going to get fired. I said, no, 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 not until God says so. In fact, I've lo I lost two jobs, honey. Two jobs. Did I lose two jobs? First off, I, I, I sold my business. And I said, well, Lord, they were going, they were going, I had Harco drugs and car, I was, man, we were just, we were throwing money away like crazy. We were stupid. And so, uh, but Carport bought my company. And I said, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Well, they decided to give me a job. So they, pay, they paid me everything I wanted and gave me, because they, they sold it to Rite Aid. They gave me all the money I wanted, and they bought all my stuff. I said, ooh, this is pretty, and made me director of. I said, ooh, I got a position. That's better than a job, by the way. <laughs> I like positions. But I'm a director of construction. So that lasted two and a half years. Two and a half years later. Next thing you know, they're selling carport auto parts, and I did, their, I did three buildings for them. And then they said, we're selling to advanced auto parts. What you gonna do, Butch? I said, Well, I gotta get he said, Butch, I took care of you. This guy that owned the company. He said, I got you seventy-five thousand dollars to leave the job. Has anybody ever gave you seventy-five thousand dollars to leave? If y'all want to, y'all give me seventy-five thousand dollars, I'll leave right now. <laughs> and so they got and so but then I said, What am I gonna do? I started another business. That first year and, and uh, with uh, Fred Ted and all them, we did over a million dollars in gross sales. See, every time that God moved me, he had something better. Now, I'm not saying that happens to everybody, but it was the God thing. I really, I'll be honest with you, I had no control what anybody else did, but God had control how they treated me. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that absolutely amazing? 
It's the power of God and who he is. So, I learned something. If they're going to fire me, praise God. Amen. I'm getting fired. Hallelujah. I'm going to get a big check. <laughs> He's so true, isn't he? Isn't he so good? The chief of sinners. God using to help others around this world and do things. Not that I'm anything. I'm nothing. The chief sinner. Uh, he gives us everything, don't he, Jane? That's for sure. But Hebrews 11 says this, 411. Mark it down. If you don't get this into you, get it in your head. It makes you understand it. Make sure you understand it completely. Make sure you live by it. Make sure you have it. It's one of my favorites. It doesn't mean that the other ones are not. But it says, therefore, let's be diligent. Let's be, in other words, I'm going to make effort. I'm going to be diligent. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to let up, shut up, give up, back up till I'm prayed up, stored up, ready to go up. Amen. Amen. So let's be diligent. Let at least anyone fall according to the example, example of disobedience. I'm not going to be disobedient. For the word of God, the word of God, what is it? So when you read something, you're reading something that's alive. It's not a dead word, it's a live word. Amen? It's something you read it like it's alive. Don't sit there and just read through it like it means nothing to you. Read it like it's alive. I always told him, me and Tim, I said, Tim, I said, I'm crazy. He said, what do you mean, Butch? I said, every time I read the Bible, I get excited. I've been reading it every day for 25 years. I still get excited. I got into Timothy this morning and started dancing. I couldn't help myself. Do it. It's alive. Oh, look, I'll drop my glasses. Look out, Lord. Watch out. The devil's trying to get me. There you go. For the word is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and the intents, the intent of the hearts. The sword of God. Let it work in your life. Let it get in there and cut you. Let it get inside you. Let it cut away what needs to be cut away, and he will leave what needs to be remained. He is a cut. He will cut and cut and cut to your what you're supposed to be. Ooh, right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's good preaching. Isn't it true? Let him, yeah, surrender. I'm the chief of sinner. Cut it away, God. Let that sword work in my life. Let that living word do something. Let me be diligent in it. That's what we should be. Yes. Not be out here with all these other silly things, reading all these other stuff. Self-help, self, self, self. What in the world is that good for? I found it to be the silliest thing, a waste of my time and energy. And God told me, Butch, don't be wasting your time and energy. I said, okay. I'm going to be obedient. Yeah. You know what? Here. You're going to hear this. You've got ears to hear. You know, when they was on that sacred mountain, you remember that sacred mountain I talked about? That it said, the, God said, this is my beloved son who I love. Hear him. Hear him. Listen to him. Here you go. Hear this. There's no creature, that includes you, Hidden from his sight. Everything you do, he sees. Everything you thought you think, you, he knows. You know, everything that I do, I take Jesus with me. We talked about that. When you think about taking God with you in everything you do, with everything you do, you take God with you. Is Jesus in you? Yes. Father, I want him to be in me as I'm in you and you in me and I'm in you and we're all together in this, in this road and this thing on this earthly place together because they're flesh and blood and they got a sin nature. We're holy and godly, but I got to lead them and guide them so they could overcome the sin nature and, and destroy the works of the devil, and that's the Bible, and so they can walk the walk of Christ and become more like this son. Don't tell me it's unattainable. It's our goal. 
God never gives you an unattainable goal. Now, I heard preachers say, you can't make it on earth. Well, maybe not, but it's still a goal, and I'm still heading that way. How about you, the chief of sinners? Amen. And what does he say? Nothing creature hidden, but all things are naked. Oh, everything, everything. And open to the eyes of him whom we must. You see that word must? Must give an account. That's a hard scripture, isn't it? It'll change you. Let me see where I'm at. Oh, no, yeah, we're going to finish right there, I think. It'll change you. It'll change you. Stinking, thinking. I was going to read in, in John 3 about the Pharisee, but I think it's time to quit. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Who here is the chief of sinner? Raise your hand. Uh, Y'all got a lot of sin in your life? Been messing up? Who's here surrendered to Jesus? Surrendered. I didn't say commit. I said surrender. Surrender. Uh, who has sought God with all your heart? Uh, who wants to know him more? <laughs> Are you glad that he, that he can see you? It, it puts a different perspective on how you live your life, doesn't it? Yeah. See, in this world today, in this world today, and I don't know if this is going to be Facebook, I really don't care personally, but people out there living trying to satisfy something. Let me say this again. People out there living trying to satisfy something. A lot of them try to satisfy with a little drink. Oh, Papa, I feel better now. Some people like to put a little thing here and do, I feel better. I'm trying to satisfy something. Some people are trying to achieve something great, and that was my sin, a great and mighty powerful job thing. I'm trying to be the boss, trying to satisfy something. Some people are trying to be more educated and smarter than everybody. I'm oh, the smartest, I'm the best, so everybody's going to look to me and clap for me. I'm trying to satisfy something. Aren't you glad? When all you have to do is satisfy Jesus. He is the same yesterday and day and tomorrow. Let me tell you this, and this is a guarantee. I'm going to give you a guarantee. Can I give you guys a guarantee? After you satisfy the thing that somebody else wants you to satisfy, no matter what it is, I don't care what it is, you got with that group and they were doing this thing and you satisfied them, guess what they'll do to you? They'll change it. It's a moving target. It's a moving target. In education, in social activities, and all these things are always moving. Well, now you don't drink the right whiskey. Now you're not taking the right kind of drugs. Now you're not listening to the right kind of music. You were doing it for a while, and we enjoyed you, but now we have to change it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I tell you, Doc, I am so glad that he don't change. I am so glad that I can make that, put my eyes, I can put my focus on that target. His name is Jesus. And he's not going to move from me. He's not going to get away from me. He's not going to sit there and change on me. When I get there, what I see from down where I hear, far away from him, I'm going to see when I'm face to face. The same thing is not going to be like this world. When you get there, it all changes. No, he'll be right there and he'll be the same and he is for us and not against us. He loves us and he's not going to change that and he wants us and he desires a relationship with us. And if you don't have one, today's your day. Praise God. You can put your eyes on him, fix your eyes on him, and he will not change. So everybody give him glory. Come on, y'all stand. Amen.
Somebody come play a little soft music. Kathy, you want to play the piano one time? You, you, come on. Come let Kathy do it one time. Is that okay, Kyle? Come on, just a little piano. I use your name a couple of times, so you need to do it. <laughs> Listen, in case Kathy gets ready. God is here, man. Y'all feel the Spirit of God here? Y'all feel the glory of God? I want to know Him more. I surrender all. What a song. Boy, we want to, we want to know you, Lord. She just softly play you, baby. But if you don't know Jesus today, if you haven't surrendered, if you just come with some kind of mental thing said, God, I want you, but I don't know what to do. If you came to a place and you, you got down here and you, you walked away and you wasn't changed, if you haven't had that rest, that, that godly rest that you long for, today's your day. It's a good day. He is still right the same place you left him. He's right in the same place you left him. And he wants to, you to surrender today, to come to him. And he'll save you by the authority of the word of God. If you come and you surrender to him and you call him Lord, amen? You, and you know, he's already Lord. You just don't know it. But you said, you know what? I'm going to submit to your lordship. He'll save you today. There's nothing, nobody he won't save when you come to him. And he'll be right there. If you want that today, today's your day. Every eye shut, every head bowed. If you don't know Jesus today, pray. Pray, God. I want to know you this way. I want to surrender. God, God, I, I know I'm a sinner. God, I know I've been messing up. God, I know that I've just goofed up and I've been trying to chase all these things in the world. God, I need you. I need you. God, pray that prayer. Need you. God. I'm sorry for my sin. I repent of my sin. I'm going to change my life. Tell him right now, I've, I've decided, God, to surrender to you and, and walk in your way. Tell him right now that he, and he will save you right this second, right this moment. He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit so you can walk the walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can come to God even now. Or if you've been out there playing in sin in the world, if you've been out there saying, you know what, I'll be okay. I forgot that Jesus was with me when I went and did that thing. I forgot that when I decided to live in sin, that Jesus was right there with me. I decided that I forgot that when I lied, that Jesus, when I stole, Jesus was with me. If you forgot that, he's ready to forgive. Aren't you glad he don't change? He's a forgiving God. If you messed up, ask him to forgive you now. Tell him you repent. You're turning from your sin. Amen. And be restored back to the relationship with Jesus. We'll take a moment to pray.